Welcome to Sportfire, the sports comedy podcast with the best home office advantage. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Scott Foster's Christensen app, a version of Citizen that just tracks Chris Paul's movements, and on the app for Jewish Sacramento Kings fans, Lighting the Bema. Big show today, Rutgers' Eric Legrand is here to talk about his new whiskey, and we thank him for taking time out of his extremely busy and charitable schedule. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. The NBA playoffs are underway, which means the countdown is on for the league to crown the referee who will eliminate the Kings. Warriors fan and rapper E-40 was thrown out of Game 1 in Sacramento, Technically, they didn't kick him out. Security just asked him to ghostride his seat. Malik Monks and De'Aaron Fox, who both went to Kentucky together, have helped spur on Sacramento's rise at the next level and their sprint to a 2-0 series lead, which is like the fun and cool version of when two Harvard classmates invent a website that ends the world. Paul George of the Clippers might miss the team's entire first-round series against the Phoenix Suns. Also missing the Clippers' first-round series? The City of Los Angeles. Got other priorities. Austin Reeves continued his regular season breakout for the Lakers in the playoffs, turning LeBron James in game one into the guy in your rec league who's always waving for the ball, but never getting it at the end of the game. Did you you see him out there waving? Forget about the goat. Now LeBron is the guy who wears rec specs with no lenses. He's the guy whose chest sweat mark expands like the British Empire. He's the guy who wears a beeper on the court in case his ex-wife needs dating advice. I just want to be there for her. She might beep at any time. Reeves is also still reluctantly named AR-15, but it makes sense because no matter what you do, you cannot restrict him. John Morant also injured his hand in Game 1 by, and you're not going to believe this, doing something inadvisable. Morant fell on the hand after trying to leap over Anthony Davis. His status is still up in the air moving forward, which was also his issue in the first place. Should have been on the ground, little fella. Bucks fans started Sunday anticipating game one of their playoff run like it was the Love is Blind live finale. But when Giannis Antetokounmpo left with a back injury, they were forced to wait in agony like it was the Love is Blind live finale. Miami Heat guard Tyler Hero also broke his hand in Game 1 against the Bucks, but don't worry, it, it wasn't his IG model embracing hand. Draymond Green was suspended for Game 3 of Warriors-Kings for stomping on Kings star Demonis Sabonis, but if you look closely, you'll notice it's actually Draymond Green and he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. Who cares if he got grabbed? Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have agreed to a $255 million deal to make him the highest paid player in football. But don't worry, his cap hit next season, and this is real, is just $6.15 million. It's all fake! You are officially not allowed to get angry about a contract number ever again. Yes, even if it's Daniel Jones. Meanwhile, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes admitted this week he's still rehabbing from the ankle injury he suffered in January's playoff game. So, yeah, he was on some hard drugs. Like, 
Elephant paste plus Armenian blood freezing. Bacon wrapped steroids. Lynn Manuel Miranda attended Sunday's Yankees game in a tuxedo to watch his cousin, twin slugger Jose Miranda, then headed down to catch the final show of Phantom of the Opera. Not to be outdone, Yankees announcer Paul O'Neill went from the stadium to the theater to see Super Mario Brothers three times in a row. And now, former Rutgers football player turned activist turned whiskey mogul, as well as one of the most fun interviewees ever, Eric Legrand, is here to talk about his new brand, Eric Legrand Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And yes, after the interview, I tried it, and just like a conversation with Eric, it really does go down smooth. Enjoy. you get your sample of the whiskey? I did. It came in last night. So I wanted to start there because um, I have a buddy who I know is listening to this who asked me to get him a bottle of the whiskey. <laughs> and uh, and it came in last night. And Eric, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I want it. I want it. I want it for me. So what would you do here if you were me? Do you give, do you gift it to my friend? Do you be nice or do you, do you hog it if you're me? Cause I don't know. I, what would, to do. I, I would hog and tell him to either get his own or you get him one. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to go grab him another one. Cause I'm really excited to try it. I'm a huge whiskey fan. Um, and it showed up at the perfect time. Cause I was literally just saying, to my wife, like, oh, I haven't bought whiskey in a while. I never know when I want to buy it. And, and lo and behold, this, uh, you know, amazing bottle falls into my lap. Um, were you a whiskey fan, you know, when you first had the idea and you started producing it? Or has your love for whiskey kind of grown over time? It's funny, too, because I, I, I like this question because it's definitely grown over time. But I actually used to drink a lot of whiskey in my younger 20s, my lower 20s, which Usually it's not a big thing for, you know, you lower 20 or, you know, 21, 22, 23. It's more becoming more normal now. But when I was coming up, people taking shots of Jack and stuff wasn't the biggest thing. But I, I did in my like when I was like 21, 22, 23. And then I started to get into tequila. But then as I started getting into my 30s, I would go back to whiskey. And I worked with my business partner, Brian Axelrod, and was just like, whiskey fits me. It's who I am. Yeah, the bottle is incredible. Um, I, it's a great product. I've been excited to try it for a while. Uh, it's Eric Legrand Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's got a great ring to it. Um, and I read something beautiful where you spoke about sort of comparing your spinal cord rehab to the process of aging whiskey. Could you talk me through that parallel and sort of how you stumbled upon it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't make whiskey overnight. Same with the spinal cord injury. My recovery is not overnight. It's it's a aging process it's i'm 12 and a half years into my injury you know it, it takes time and precision my therapy sessions are very precise on what we're doing when i'm working in my therapy same with the whiskey you know when you're messing with the mash bill and being able to find your your right formula that you need to make sure that that juice is tasting just as good and then when you're coming up with different brands like a single barrel rye version so it kind of fits me that when you drink whiskey it's like tough it's gritty, but mine, I like it a little bit smooth too. So I like to say I'm tough, I'm gritty, but also a little bit smooth. It kind of fits who I am. It's something that you celebrate life to. I love it. Um, and, and one special thing about this product too is that you donate a portion of every sale to charity. Um, how early in the process of developing the drink did you know you were going to do that? And did you know which charity you were going to choose right away? Yeah, kind of uh, right in the very beginning when I reached out to Brian about this idea, and he said, you know, it would be really cool if we had a charitable component behind this. 
you know, reach out to the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation, who my my foundation is a fundraising branch of Team Legrand of the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation. And I reached out to them back when we just had the idea. We didn't have a bottle. We didn't have any liquid. I just ran the idea by them and they were all on board. And we chose my number 52. So $5.20 of every case. So we'll go back to the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation. We're hoping that one day, you know, for some years down the road that we write the biggest check to that foundation. What is your favorite recipe using your Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey? Or are you just, you mentioned taking shots in your twenties. Like, are you just ripping it straight or do you mix it in cocktails? I'm like this out of my do, I rip it straight. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you, it's, it's unbelievable. Like when I tell people this story, like cocktails, I can have, you know, two to three cocktails and, but usually, you know, when you start mixing all the sugar and stuff in, in these cocktails, like, you know, when you got the whiskey sour, you got these, you know, all our Palmer mixes, like, it tastes fantastic, don't get me wrong, and, and you know, I like the smoky old-fashioned as well, but, man, when I can do an incredible amount of shots, which is, I don't know if I'm proud of that, but I can do, my body can take an incredible amount of shots, and I can just have a good night doing that, but, yes, I do like to have a cocktail whiskey sour, an old fashioned and getting into now these smoky old fashions, which have been very, very cool. So I do like to mix it up here and there, but if I'm just ready to have a good time, drinking shots. <laughs> I, I'm kind of the same way. I can rip a lot of shots too. My problem is that there's just a breaking point where it's like between a certain number. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's not going to end well. <laughs> I know that feeling. Believe me. I, I, once I get to that feeling, it's just like, uh Oh, do I stop or do I just keep going? And I'm like, well, I'm here now, so might as well. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a do you have any do you have any future plans for the brand? Other varieties, I and mean, I know, like speaking from experience, I'm sure Rutgers students would love like a fireball type. I mean, as long as they're 21, obviously. I mean, do do you have any other thoughts and, and plans for the future? Yeah, we do. You know, we'll see during the holiday season if we want to come out with a limited edition, like a 10 year aged uh, rye version of of our of our whiskey and our bourbon. And see where we want to mix it there. You know, only have a certain amount of bottles available for the public. You know, something really exclusive, so people like really want that, like something that's that you can only get maybe once a year or once in a lifetime type of uh, type of um, um, liquid. So that's what we're gonna go for. You know, in the future, we'll see where we drop them at. Like you said, we do at Rutgers, we do in New Jersey, Kentucky, throughout the country. You know, we'll, we'll make something where it's really exclusive, really limited, where people say. I have to get it. And of course, you know, we're going to make sure that it's good as well. Awesome. And yeah, I, like I said, I can't wait to try it. I was keeping it pristine last night, but I, I'm really excited. It's right behind you me. Might have to, you might have to go try it after this interview. I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> and, and again, I mean, I just have the text drafted to my buddy to let him know like, yeah, sorry, it's gone. It's five but... o'clock somewhere, Adam. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't I know it. Gosh. Um, <laughs> the last time, the last time we spoke, you also had, a special project started you were opening the coffee house and you were getting like the physical location ready you sent me my favorite mug of all time which i have in the in the closet it's still just a beast of a mug um but i know you were thinking of you're trying to sell at Rutgers football games too mm -hmm. how has everything been going on that front and and have you gotten everything in, in line at the coffee house yeah we have you know we're coming up on our one year anniversary may 14th will be our one year anniversary which is mother's day this year so we're gonna throw a big party on the 13th which is the Saturday. So we are one year anniversary celebration of LeGrand Coffee outside our brick and mortar. Our online store has been up and running since January 2021. And we completed our second season, get ready for our third season now. 
serving our, our, our coffee kiosk at Rutgers football game. So it's crazy how time flies by since the last time we spoke, you know, about building this all out. And here we are now in different years, different aspects now, you know, online store, you know, going into year three, the uh, Rutgers football games year three, well, season three, I should say now with the coffee shop coming up on our one year anniversary. It's amazing. That is, that's so cool. Um, how has it felt sort of, be, I mean, you're going on season three. How has it felt being embraced by the Rutgers community that has, you know, meant so much to you and that obviously you mean so much to them in a whole new way? Like you're you're there now on game days in a whole different way. You're, you're selling product. You're getting, uh, you're getting hungover kids ready for kickoff. How does that feel? Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's really cool because now we have our regulars that are looking forward to it. Every game that, you know, my workers are there working, they're meeting them and they're lining up, getting ready as that my workers come into the stadium and they're like, going to stop by the coffee shop over there and come get my, my cup of coffee, get ready for the game. And it's something that people now look forward to and they know they're getting a good product, you know, they're getting to interact with them. So I do the radio still during the games, but I like to get there a little bit early, go over, check out the kiosk, interact with the fans, you know, have a cup of coffee with them, take some pictures, get ready. For the game, so it's like a whole new vibe now with this. So I'm, you know, it's exciting, exciting to see now. Adding a whiskey to it, I can't wait to see what the tailgates are like in the parking lot. Have you done bourbon in a coffee yet? Have you tried sort of the spike in it? I haven't done it yet. That's the old Irish coffee, right? There. I haven't done it yet. And people are like, how haven't you tried your coffee with your own whiskey yet? And I'm just like, I don't know. Just the opportunity hasn't presented itself where I wanted to drink what I'm having my morning coffee yet, but don't worry. I'm going to try it very soon because I've had a few people, my few friends that have tried it. Like, it's actually really good. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to try it too. Um, and speaking of the, the Rutgers football program, we're, we're sort of coming off a little bit of a coming out party in the Super Bowl for Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I don't know if I think everybody who watched Rutgers games knew how tough a runner this guy was and the different element he brings to the field. But I don't know if America knew until they watched him sort of run away with it en route to achieve Super Bowl title. What was it like watching, you know, a Rutgers man become sort of the breakout star of that run and get introduced on the national stage? Like, like you said, oh, Rutgers fans, we've, we've known what Isaiah has brought to the table since his freshman year breaking off an 80-yard touchdown run versus Michigan and just seeing how hard he always ran the ball. And, yes, it, his yards didn't always come easy at Rutgers. There were some struggles. But when he got the ball in his hands, you were always excited because you just knew he runs like every play in this last play. And he's running to hurt the ground even when he gets tackled. It's pretty amazing to see. So when he translates to the NFL now, you know, like when you see that, it's like to us, like, that's what we expect. But to the world, they're like, oh, my God, this man runs so hard. I can't believe it. And I'm glad he's finally getting, you know, the the, the recognition that he deserves because he was a seventh-round draft pick. And you can see that man is probably was the third-best rookie running back out there. So, And as the Super Bowl champion rookie year, I mean, you can't ask for a better dream come true there. No. Uh, and, and, you know, as someone who knows the program so well – who are sort of the, are there any other Rutgers players who are maybe going to make a similar impact or you want football fans to watch out for in this year's draft or even next year? Just other names that we should keep our eyes on. Yeah, you got a few guys coming out. Obviously, another one will be coming out next year. Max Melton, a lockdown corner, Bo, Mel Bo Melton's brother. He's been doing it now, playing on the banks for now with a lot of games for Brooke. It's be his fourth season coming up. He's played a lot of football, but he has that, you know, that, 
I guess to to put it where he could be elite. His cover skills, his tackling skills, his aggressiveness, playing fitting in in a run game as well as being able to lock somebody down. He's somebody that you should look out for. Another guy that stood out this year who was a free agent from Rutgers was Trey Avery. You know, he with the Tennessee Titans, what a year that he had he has performed. But I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, more of the guys develop at Rutgers and, you know, and turning into NFL stars on the road with guys like Tareem Powell, who's a six foot four, six foot five middle linebacker that we had that flies around and makes plays and just some there's so many others. You know, Aaron Lewis at defensive end coming off the edge. As I start to think about it, the more and more these guys are still got two, three years left of eligibility. Future is bright. Mm-hmm. Future is bright. Um, and I know you are, uh, you sort of uh, are, are really plugged into the Rutgers basketball program too. The last time we talked, they're in the middle of a you know little March Madness craziness. But um, college basketball, all eyes on on the sport lately because the season ends and the transfer portal goes nuts. Like five people from every program are in the portal. People are floating around, um, getting snapped up by other programs. Uh, what are your feelings on sort of that general craziness? And and do you think it's going to help or hurt Rutgers basketball moving forward? Um, I don't know if it's going to hurt Rutgers. I mean, but the basketball program, yes, Rutgers has kept most of their guys and they find guys now that they bring in. You know, when you come to Rutgers, it's not like you're expected to be a one and done. You're expected to come here and develop into, you know, the player that you're going to be. And with Coach Pico's system, that's what it suits for, obviously. You know, we're starting to get some of the top recruits like Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper, who have a shot to be one. I mean, hopefully we get Dylan Harper, but yes, could be a shot to be in one and duns. You know, that's the type of recruits that Rutgers is going after now, which is pretty cool to see. But the guys that are there now, like you expect them to be there for, you know, three, four or five years and develop under that system. And it really doesn't, you know, scare me like that somebody's coming to poke a Rutgers player away that's, you know, a top player from us because it just hasn't. Yeah, but now I feel like we're we're in this now. Like it's it's not new anymore. This the transfer the transfer report. Like we're here now. It's been going on for the past three four years. Coaches have adapted to it. Some like it, some hate it. You know, it just it's a part of life now. And just a new. If you haven't adapted to it yet, then I don't know what you're doing as a coach. This is just what what life is now in college athletics. Yeah, and and Pykele obviously recruits a certain type of guy who loves to deliver 40 minutes of hell. So if you're a Pykele guy and you're in the portal, like he's going to find you. Absolutely, man. Cam Spence, you know, that, that time of finding, finding him this year was just the gods, and obviously he can shoot the hell out of the ball, but he plays locked up defense, like you said, is going to give you 40 minutes of hell. Yeah, that guy was that guy's nuts. Um, speaking of uh, of podcasting, before we go, um, I know you have also recently started your own podcast, an interview show. You've had, I mean, I don't know how you don't geek out with with Strahan and Brian Cranston on the show, <laughs> but um, what have sort of been the most rewarding conversations so far? And 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 again, how do you not just like freak out? How do you keep the conversation moving? You know, it's very cool because when I get to talk to Strahan and. And you talk to Brian Cranston, just interviewed, you know, Triple H and Carly Lloyd, Ryan Clark, and Paul Rabel. Like when I speak with them, I feel like they kind of just let that, you know, their guard down and just be open, be themselves. Obviously, they all know what I went through, my battle, my struggles, and and how I go about life. And I feel like they kind of want to express themselves a little bit more too when I'm in deep conversations with them and learning more about them because maybe they can say, hey what I went through might be able to help Eric, but also everyone else that's listening to this podcast, you know, so, or being able to tell funny stories and good stories here. They just, 
feel more comfortable talking with me. And I always appreciate that. And I respect that because yes, my situation may be a little bit different, but it's not like they hold back from it. They actually let out more. I think that's what drives the conversation. And I mean, I have some great guests on there that have told some great stories and just great, just learning experiences for everyone that listens. Yeah. Is, is that sort of the number one tip uh, or, or thing that you've learned just, you know, getting people on your level and, and, you know, just you, the power of you as the host, all of a sudden, if you're opening up, they're opening up too. And, and that's kind of how you keep the conversation moving. Really is. You know, I have a great team behind me, obviously our producing team, Malcolm, Malcolm sports, and then Greg Hanna, who does all this stuff, you know, writing up our script, John Archibald, who does all our social media, and then teachers in Shortsland in New Jersey, they help us be able to put this show on, you know, every season. So I'm excited to work with them and but just, just the brainstorming, like, okay, we have this guest. Okay, then you have Greg goes and does his homework, and watches all these different interviews. And then we're like, e, this relates to you. You know, these are things that you really need to hit on. And this is what we really need to get out of this person. You know, see how comfortable they are talking about this type of, you know, topic or subject, whatever it is. And, and usually that's what I do. I, you know, I just I dive into it and you know, obviously I am who I am, which you see is what you get. I always try to tell people that. And I think that's what people are like, you know, kind of respect me because, you know, I'm not coming on here like, you know, my chest up, just talking like, like, you know, reading off of a teleprompter now, you know, yes, I have my notes, but you know, I want this conversation to be easy flowing and people just to feel vulnerable and let that out a little bit. Well, yeah, you get that right away. As soon as you start talking to you. I mean, I, yeah, same deal here. I had my notes ready, but I wasn't ready. I, I had to be ready for your energy. I had to match it from the start. And uh, <laughs> I thank you for that. You, you definitely made me better made this go smoother by bringing it, bringing it from the jump. I appreciate that. It's just like I said, I am who I am, which is what you get. And I'll put on a front. I just happy just to be able to just talk about life in general. Did I hear you say you got Triple H and Carly Lloyd coming up? What what other episodes do we keep our eyes out for? Yeah, so I was so far we've dropped three out of the six of so our first season one that we had. And that was Michael Strahan, Brian Cranston, and then Paul Rabel. And now we got Ryan, we have Carly Lloyd first, then Ryan Clark coming on, and then Ending it with Paul Levesque and Triple H with a nice Degeneration X banger at the end of the game, man. So that was a special interview. I can't wait for everyone to just see the rest of these three episodes because each one of them had their hidden gems inside them all. That's so awesome. I, I can't wait either. Um, and is there is there anything else you'd like to plug? I mean, I feel like you and Bruce Springsteen are the hardest working men in New Jersey. So I don't know what <laughs> else you got going on in your life. But I mean, well, is, is there anything else I haven't touched on yet? Sure. So my my foundation side, Team LaGrande, the Christopher Dana Reed Foundation, we have our 13th annual A Walk to Believe coming up that takes place at Rutgers. It's a 5K. We also have a virtual option where people can participate throughout the country and throughout the entire world where people can register at ChristopherReeve.org slash AWTB and, and come out for a 5K. A great time. We have a barbecue after music. DJ Yoshi's on the, on the ones and twos. We've got face painting going on. It's just an all-around family event for a great cause where we raise money to help us find a cure for paralysis. So that'll be taking place on June 3rd this year at 10 a.m. We'd love to see people come out to Rutgers. And if you can't make it in person, just do a 5K virtually wherever you are that, that day. Amazing. Uh, Eric, thank you so much. Uh, what is it, like 120? I think I'm going to, by 121, I'm going to have the bottle open. So, and I have you <laughs> for that. That's amazing, man. I love that. All right. Thank you so much. No problem, Adam. Thank you. 
That's two-time guest Eric Legrand. Uh, he is just the best. Make sure to sign up for the charity walk if you're able and buy the whiskey. Either way, you're helping the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation and you're helping Eric complete his mission. And now a final flame courtesy of Bill Simmons. After the Los Angeles Lakers game won over the Memphis Grizzlies, I, I think I'm finally ready to say it, Rosillo. I, I think the Lakers won the Anthony Davis trade. When the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis and immediately won a title, I thought to myself, this is still a bad trade. Then when the Pelicans just kind of proceeded to be average for three more years, I thought, eh, bad trade. The Lakers really missed Lonzo. But now that AD has been unleashed for a road game one, I, I finally get it. That That's a good job by the Lakers. And you can trust me because I'm the Boston guy. Right? I, I would never say LA did anything good if I didn't mean it. Boston is the greatest city in America, and, and smoggy Los Angeles filled with pretentious yuppies and wannabe starlets and Instagram models. It's the worst. Please don't ask which city I live in. Frankly, LA's game one was all I need to see. I'm, I'm also now ready to declare that the Lakers won the 2021 finals. That summer, a lot of people said they won the bubble finals, but I just didn't see it. But then I recently watched the tape, and when you watch it back, it's, it's, it's actually pretty clear they were in FU mode. Also, at the end of the finals, they'd won the most games, and it's tough to argue with that. Who won Magic Johnson's career? Obviously, it's Larry Bird, but I'm, I'm finally ready to say the Lakers finished second here. Larry Legend wouldn't have been an icon if he'd never had a rival. It's, it's like the disease of more, I think. More players equals more diseases equals more rings for Larry Bird. Was it a lab leak? That's why you gotta wear a mask around Larry Bird. But when you sit down at the table in the restaurant, you can take it off? Ah, make it make sense. Derek Thompson's stopping by to talk about it in a few minutes. Huh. Bruce Kyle's telling me that Magic actually had more titles than Bird. Wow, that's, uh, that's something you'd never, ever know from listening to this podcast. It's fascinating. Kyle, edit that out. And turn the TikTok camera on? Okay, now turn it off and, and post that silent TikTok. The silence of that TikTok reminded me of Laker fans in the first quarter. You know, before they even show up. Great fan base. Please don't ask me what city I reside in or how big my house is. And if you want to flee the mean streets of Boston for the cushy greenery of Hollywood, there's no better way to keep your property safe than Simply Safe. That's Simply with two eyes, which is the same number as the rings on Anthony Davis after this June is up. Oh, come on. Who wrote that? Was it UCR? Fantasy? I I'm not joking around. I will have your head on a platter and feed it to house. We're doing house eats brains. Turn the TikTok camera off! Jesus! Kyle, I told you! Many thanks to Bill Simmons. That was deeply upsetting. But real thanks to Eric Legrand. See you all in two weeks.